Welcome to the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. This podcast was created as a way to provide education and connection to the women of Middle Tennessee. My goal is to connect you with local women's health and fitness providers so you know what services are available in your area. I am your host, Amy Bailey. I'm a local women's health physical therapist, yoga instructor, and life coach. Thank you for joining the podcast and being a part of this amazing community. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Nashville Women's Health Podcast. It's me, your host, Amy Bailey, and this week's podcast is just based on a quote I saw from a friend's Instagram page. Um, It said, do what you are called to do. Not everyone will understand, approve, applaud, affirm, celebrate, support, stay, or encourage. And um, this hit me pretty hard when I read it because it just stemmed out of some recent adversity in my life. And I think with 2020, we've all had our share of adversity. Um, But I wanted to bring up this topic of doing what you are called to do and sticking with that calling, no matter if other people don't understand it or agree with it. Um, So I'm bringing on my friend, Julie Romp. Hey, Julie, thank you for joining me. Hi. (laughs) So um, we are by no means deemed experts in this field, but um, as I was planning this podcast of kind of following your calling, I reached out to a couple of my closest friends and just did some market research, wanted to hear how they felt about what is your calling? How do you address it when people don't agree with it? And so Julie called me and we just had a phenomenal conversation. She had just so many gems on this topic. So that's why I wanted to bring her on and share some of her thoughts with you guys. Um, So again, thank you, Julie. And I know you're not normally on podcasts, so this might be a little different, but I'm really excited for you to share your heart here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So just kind of going back to doing what you were called to do. And so I just, you know, Googled what is a calling. Um, And it was defined as a strong urge towards a particular way of life or career or something you were drawn to. So I think this is just so interesting because as I've had these conversations with people, some people have said, well, I don't even know my calling. So Julie, what do you have to say about that? If someone doesn't even know what their calling is. Uh, I think a lot of people put way too much pressure on this big idea of what a calling is. Like it's got to be some grand thing. It has to make some huge difference in the world. You know, it's can be a movie about my life or a book about my life. And I think that that's just way too much pressure for us living our day-to-day lives. Um, You know, our calling is whatever is kind of the next thing in front of us. That's the right thing to do for us. That's kind of how I see it. I think it depends on your season Mm -hmm. of life too. You know, things change. (laughs) Life changes. I reached out to another friend and she didn't know her calling and it really, it made her cry. She reached out to me and she said, what you texted me made me cry because I don't know my calling. And, you know, it just made me think like it may be bred from experience or trauma or life lessons or just something you happen to be good at doing might be your calling in that season of life. Um, like she's raising three children. So, and she's a working mom. So I'm like, that's your calling right now. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be the grand save the world. I mean, she is saving the world right now with her job as a medical professional, but also raising children, but she doesn't see it that way. She thinks of a calling as this giant 
thing, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, like if we're going to make calling like this big grand idea, I don't know that we all need to have one. And I think that's kind of an American cultural type thing that we've all kind of built up over the years of we need to have all of this stuff. And, you know, I don't know that we need, all need to have a grand Nelson Mandela <laughs> yeah. life, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's realistic. Well, and I think, again, it's kind of seasonal. Like there are times in my life where I've felt this big calling to do something huge. And then there's times in my life where my calling was just maybe to complete my education or, you know, just pay my rent <laughs> at times <laughs> or work a 40 hour job that I didn't love because there were bills, you know, and that was my space. Just to, yeah. Just to survive. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So what if, you know, somebody knows they're calling and it is this super passionate grand thing that they're building their life on and someone, you know, disagrees with it. I know this has happened in your life. Can you kind of tell us about what, what you did and how people weren't necessarily supportive and how you handled that? <laughs> yeah. So I know you because we went to school together and then kind of ended up thrown together in life after school, just geography wise. Yeah. And, you know, I worked as a therapist for 10 years, had a nice, you know, you kind of get entrenched in your career and, you know, I don't want to say the rut of life, but kind of that life path, kind of that groove gets made for you. And I had always had this sense that at some point things were going to change for me. Um, and always kind of had a heart for missions and humanitarian work and things like that. And in my mid thirties, uh, I decided that it was time for me to take that next right step for me, which was a huge leap of faith. And I moved to Cape Town, South Africa to do missionary work and kind of community development. And I'm a very impoverished community. And I got all kinds of quotes of, you know, you went to school, you worked so hard. We did all this to help you get to your dream. You can't give it up. You can't do this. You can't give up your career. You can't all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was pretty traumatic. Uh, it's about a year and a half that I spent kind of getting ready to go. Um, I was told like, you make the money so you can send to those people. You don't need to give up yours to go. I mean, very hurtful yeah. things. Um, but I knew that that was right for me. I knew it deep within me. And I feel like that's kind of what, when people are talking about calling, that's what it is. It's just, you know, what's right for you. And, you know, depending on the relationship, who was telling me those things, do I just kind of blow it off? Do I try to let it roll? Which is hard. It's really hard. Or if it's someone who's closer, do I have to sit down and try to explain and work through that? And there was also a lot of people who weren't so adversarial about it or even just quote unquote concerned and trying to help. But like you would kind of explain your vision for what you're 
calling was. And they would so misinterpret it because they put so much of themselves and them, their perceptions or misperceptions into it that they had a whole different story in their head than what my story was. And so you just kind of have to decide what's right for you, what's your right next step. And, you know, depending on the relationship you have with them and how important it is to you that they get the right message. Because sometimes you just can't get them to understand your heart because it's something that's inside of you. And I'm not always the most articulate person, so it doesn't always work well for me either. But, you know, when I've made some like bullet points on this and number two is like, don't explain. It's not your job to convince anyone of your path because you can't really convince them. You can't change someone's beliefs or mindset about something that's going on in your heart. And sometimes that just leads to more confusion or misunderstanding sometimes. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Oh, so you have the best. There are so many things that make me who I am, experiences I've had, values that I have, you know, my faith, all of these things. And no one else has those same experiences. So they're not going to perceive the same thing the same way. And, you know, I, I think I was telling you when we were talking, like there was a, acquaintance that I had here who got really upset when I decided to do that. And she kind of gave me the hard time about there are people here who need that same work. Why are you going there? And that was always, and this is faith-based and I know not all of your listeners are faith-based, but you know, God gives us all a, a heart to meet a need that he needs us to meet. And if he gave us all the same heart for the same need, then that one thing would be met really well but then 99.9% of the rest of the world would be left without help. And so each of us kind of needs to follow our own prompting, whether you believe that's from God or whether you believe that that's something, you know, noble coming from within you so that we can kind of cover the whole field instead of just, you know, specializing on one thing. Yeah, I love that. When you said that to me, it just hit home that we are called to meet our particular need and that other people are called to meet the other ones. Um, you were talking about it in relation to, you know, serving in Africa versus serving here. And I had a similar situation. We um, attempted an adoption. It um, did not work, but we were attempting to adopt from Africa also. And um, I got a lot of heat because there are children here in America who also need adopting. And I, I agree with that, but we felt called for specifically Africa. And after a lot of research and prayer and heart talks and, um, but yeah, I mean, I know tons of people who have adopted in America and those people felt led to do that here. And I think until you like see the bigger picture of that, it's hard to understand. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to reconcile that for people. So I, I just think try we, to live my truth. <laughs> yeah. And we saw that here with the tornado, honestly, there was a lot, and I don't know how many of the listeners will kind of, um, I don't know, feel this way too, but 
Um, you know, certain groups were bashed for helping in certain communities um, because there were needs all over Nashville and beyond with the tornado damage. And I know some churches or groups came to Mount Juliet to help and their congregation was upset because they didn't go to North Nashville. And I live in Mount Juliet, yet I went to North Nashville to help. So it's like there were needs all over, you know, and it just, my heart was led to a community because I work there and um, I see it every day and I wanted to help there. And I knew Mount Juliet was covered, my children and my husband helped in Mount Juliet. So for me, it just was where my heart was pulled. But there was some backlash for people during the tornado um, because of where they did or didn't help. And that's kind yeah. of off topic. It's not necessarily, I guess, our career calling, our life calling, but I think callings can happen in small situations too. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know that that's, yeah, I don't know. I, it just makes me sad that in such a time of need that that's what we're focused on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. But I think um, for me personally, And I think a lot of people, when you make a big plan for your life, you do get some people that don't agree with it or support it, you know, or understand it. Yeah. And, you know, some of those comments that were made to me were people that were very close and they were very hurtful. Um, And I don't, I know the intention there wasn't to be hurtful. It was to, help me or to you know whatever it was just made out of concern but it didn't make it didn't feel concern yeah but all of those comments also helped me to realize that I don't want to say they didn't matter in meeting my goal because they did it was certainly I didn't want to hurt people in doing what I felt called to do but it kind of like I don't know, solidified my resolve in going because I still knew it was right. And having to walk through those hard times didn't change my mind because I still felt that strong inner drive to go. And if I didn't have that like internal push, those adversities probably would have steered me off that path. And I think that's when you talk about calling versus just, this is something I really want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how much do you get taken off your path? Yeah. You start to listen to others versus when it's your true calling, you mm-hmm. are, you know, you need to do that. You need to move forward. Yeah. And I can't imagine my life if I didn't pursue that. I, I think I told you like, if I hadn't followed through with that, I think something within me would have died. And died. Yeah, like I just feel like I would have lost the soul spirit part of me because that was just such a big thing. I mean, I kn- I knew I knew that was the right thing to do. And if I had turned my back on it, I, I feel like I wouldn't been denying like my personhood to myself. 
And I can't imagine living my life that way. And so I don't think that anything that's a calling would ever be harmful or, you know, demean other people. I don't think that that's what calling is. And that may be from my perspective, but when you have those big moments, it's not to put others down. It's to build people up. And you talk about, you know, your career calling that may or may not have any effect on that. But I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And I think what you're saying, it's, it's not to hurt other people. I kind of think of a calling as like doing your good. Yeah. You your know, piece of the. Yeah. And it, it's always, I think it's always something helpful and positive. If it's a calling, you know, you're called towards something to, I, and my calling is to help others, but not everybody's is the same, but I think mine is I'm a helper, you know? Yeah. Oh, and I think people get really caught up in the whole callings must be humanitarian, helping people like intensive, but there's a lot of us that have personalities that are not those that work with people, but that doesn't mean we don't help people. Right. You know, like I need, I can't handle like some financial thing. Like, I have people that help me with all my, you know, grown up financial stuff because my brain just goes when it comes to math and they help me. And I know that people don't consider that like a calling, but that's very helpful for Holy me crap. because my brain doesn't work in that vein. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like mm -hmm. my accountant is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. If you need a great accountant, Evan Watson is the man and mm -hmm. it's a calling for him. He is so passionate about it. He loves working the numbers. He knows all the laws and when they're changing. I mean, that is, I mean, it not, may not be his big, big calling, but let me tell you, you're right. Like that's not my calling is math either, but I delegate that to someone who is passionate about it. Yeah. And I think finding people in your life that are passionate about that, like finding a good accountant, you know, mm -hmm. versus just picking an accountant is important too like leaning on people who are passionate about whatever they do. Yeah. You know, and um, I put four bullet points here just about calling. Number one is do it. <laughs> don't get in your head. Don't get in your way. Even if it's scary or hard, like just if you're, it's on your heart, make even baby steps towards it. Um, I'm, number two is don't explain it. It's not your job to convince anyone of your path. Um, as hard as that may be, I found recently I tried to explain my path to someone and it turned completely upside down and backwards on me and it made the situation worse instead of better. And it could have been my communication. Yeah. It could have been their limiting beliefs. I don't know what happened, but I realized in that moment, I just need to stop talking <laughs> and that's okay if they don't understand my path. Mm -hmm. Um, there's someone put something the other day. Uh, it was, it was somebody was talking about all the black lives matter stuff. And they were like, have you ever changed someone's mind by talking and debating with them? Yeah. I was like, no, probably not. You know, not someone that wasn't already open to that dialogue to begin with. It's like, they have to see you live it out to believe it. And I think that's the same with like, especially your calling. Like if you are true, to your calling and living it out, then that's what's going to convince people of the truth. You don't have to have that conversation all the time. Yeah. 
I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, number three, I put that your path may change uh, depending on, again, like the season of life that you're in or what you're going through. Um, I feel like my calling has changed over time <laughs> a lot, you know, in different stages. Um, started my career path in pediatrics and ended up in women's health and went along every path to get there, you know. <laughs> Um, but one thing we had discussed yesterday is my mom and there was a period of time in my life for those who don't know my mom passed away of colon cancer two years ago. And so I felt like for a period of time, my calling was to be there for my mom, be an advocate for my mom with her health care and her diagnosis and some of the challenges that she went through. And a lot of people didn't understand that I was uh, in a high-level management position at the time. I have three children, and I've kind of put my whole life on hold to take care of my mom during those months. And, you know, it's not one of those, like, life callings, but it was my calling for that period of time. And I brought her home um, on hospice, and people didn't understand that. And that's okay. I mean, not everybody can take a loved one home with them to pass away, but that was what we had chose to do. And that's what we needed in our hearts to do to go through that hard situation, you know? So, I yeah. Think, and yeah, I don't ahead. know that just anybody can do that. If you, I mean, it's your mom, it's your, it's your mom, but you yeah. know, there's a, there is a sense of this is the next right thing. Yes. I mean, if people talk about I needing to have a whole path or, you know, I need a goal, a, you know, five-year goal, 10-year goal, plan, all this stuff. And sometimes it's just like the next right thing. There's, um, I'm pretty sure it's C.S. Lewis, and I'm going to butcher the quote. But it's one of my favorites that I probably butchered everyone I ever <laughs> talked to. And it says something like, for a man on a dark mountain road at night, seeing the next three feet is more important than seeing the whole road ahead. Like, yes. Like I don't need to see the whole road. I just need to see the next step so I don't fall off the mountain. Yeah. So. And when you're going through big, hard things, sometimes you can't see the road in front of you. You're <laughs> making, like you said, the next right thing or the next right decision in that moment. Yes. Yes. Number four is commit 100% and learn along the way, <laughs> which is kind of that exact same thing as making our decisions as they come and doing the best we can with what knowledge we have at that point in time. It's okay if we mess it up, just learn and change course. Yeah. Just doing your good again is how I feel about that. Yeah, and I think some of that is and this may be a different topic, but some of it is being okay with um, failing if you make the wrong decision. Like it's not very few decisions we make are life and death. And if we make the wrong one, then we either turn around or sidestep and keep going. Like you can't always, uh, I can give you many examples of making the wrong decision. Or saying something really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it it's not the end of the world. You know, we move on and we put way too much pressure. And I think like when you're talking about calling, that's just kind of the thought that 
theme that sticks in my head is that especially for our age and maybe a little bit younger, we have built up Colin to be this big grand thing. And if we fail at it, then we fail at life. And that is too much to carry. Like we have to take that off our backs and be like, this is the right thing for now. This is where I think I'm going and be okay with that and be okay if it changes, you know, not be afraid to tell someone that it changed you know, or just, you know, living that. I mean, yes. Wouldn't we all love to have this big like ball of light in our chest that guides us to this huge life all the way through? That would be great if we would live big full lives, but I think we can live big full lives if we look for the smaller callings that then will add up to a life well lived. Ah, I love that. I'm totally taking notes too. (laughs) Again, what did you say at the beginning? We are not experts. Please don't. We are not experts. This is just a conversation that we wanted to have for y'all just to encourage you, I think, really. Um, I want to touch on some of the things you just said, like, um, you said, if you, people feel like they have to have this big ball of light, you know, and (laughs) if they fail at it, they're going to fail at life. And I think that stops people from moving forward sometimes. Yeah. And just taking, give yourself permission to fail and to change direction. And you said, be okay if it changes and don't be afraid to tell someone if it changes. I can think of so many examples of people who completely changed career paths and didn't tell anyone, maybe didn't (laughs) even tell their parents, you know, for a (laughs) while because they were scared of what people would think. And it's okay for our life to change course. It needs to change course. If we stayed in the same space our entire life, we were not learning, we're not growing. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, so that's okay. If that's what makes that person happy, then that's okay too. Um, you know, some people are happy. I don't understand. Like, I know people who have never left their hometown, and they're like fifty years old, and I'm like, I don't understand that. I want to travel. I want to see it all. Right. But that's what's the right thing for them. Like, I, they're living their life, and I'm living mine. Good. And yes, we do live in a society where we all have our own roles and responsibilities to each other and to our communities. Like we are not just an individual and welcome to COVID-19. Nothing around us affects each other, but I can't live your life and you can't live mine. So we need to have some grace for each other in allowing you to be different than me. Like I don't need to, convince you of everything that I am is not just right for me, but should be right for you. Like that's not, that's not how it's going to work. And everything that's right for you is not going to be right for me. And we feel it that way, right? Like your stuff is not okay for me, but sometimes we forget that my stuff's not right for you. And we kind of have to give that give and take and that grace for each other in that moment. Yeah. I love that. Give that grace to each other that it's okay for us to be different. Yeah. Cause wouldn't it be awful if everybody was like me? Uh, we butt heads for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love you, but we are very different people. Different. As far as how we- that might be what works, you know, 
I think just um, especially with people who are close to you, try not to impose your beliefs on them, listen to them and with an open heart and some grace and hear what they're saying about their choices or calling or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I don't know if it's everyone in this world, but for me, my main thing that makes me feel valued is feeling heard and known. Mm -hmm. And I can't feel heard and known if people aren't, able to hear me does that make sense I don't yeah know if that's clear um and i, I want to give them the same respect and i wish i was 100 percent successful at that but sometimes i'm not um probably more often than i would like to admit i'm not but it's part of it's just part of this whole thing and i don't want to sound all like kumbaya and everything but we need like in order for us to fulfill our callings in order for us to feel okay and pursuing what our calling might be and not be hampered by the pressures around us. We also need to back off each other a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Just back off and really listen. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's There's amazing a- to watch somebody's path unfold in front of you. When you see it, it's beautiful. Even if you don't understand it, it's really cool to see people living the life that they are supposed to live, want to live, you know, you can see it in them. You can see that joy. Yeah. And there's that, you know, there's, you know, the whole theological debate for happiness versus joy, you know, happiness is like an emotional feel in the moment. And it's based on the temporal things around us. It's not necessarily in a state of being where joy is like this deeper contentment of even if things aren't going well around me, like I can be really sad or not, ha- or, you know, not okay with the world around me, but I still have a joy because I know that I'm standing in the right place for me. Right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's kind of for me in those hard times, when, especially like before I was going, like once I got to Cape Town, I was 8,000 miles from a lot of my detractors. So yeah. it's a little easier to kind of do that. But I mean, I, I sold everything I owned. My life ended up in three suitcases for four years. And I mean, I sold my house, I sold my car, you know, everything, like furniture. I got all I your furniture. House. <laughs> you know, it's, all gone. I forgot about that until I said that just came out of my mouth. But um, <laughs> I still have Julia's couch, TV. Like we bought a ton of your furniture when you moved. <laughs> and, and I appreciated you doing that. <laughs> Years ago, but, when you moved away, um, it's 2012. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, eight years ago, I bought Julie's furniture, and I'm still using it to this day. So that's awesome. But yeah, yeah good you furniture. Sold, you sold everything. You quit a full-time mm-hmm. job with benefits. Yeah. To move to Africa. And I still don't. Yeah. And I, when I, you talk about not telling people, like, when I went, people would say, you know, what's your plan? And I said, well, I made it to your commitment. Um, and I did that because when I left, I didn't know ever coming back. I didn't know if I was going to give up my license. I didn't, I, I, I didn't know. 
and I didn't want to close any doors. So, you know, at the time in our state, I could do my kitchen and online. So I did to keep my license. But um, that two years turned into over three. Um, I stayed a little longer. And, you know, coming back, I didn't feel it was a calling to come back, but circumstances where I, I was made it clear that it was time for me to step out of the role so that someone else who was there could take that role over and do a better job with what needed to be done in that situation. Like I needed to get out of the way of the work. That makes sense. Um, So I'm back in the States and I'm very thankful that I had a career that I could come back to, that there was a place that I could come back you know, and get a job, like I could have a gap in my resume and move back and keep going. But I don't know that therapy is my calling. I love the people part of it. I love interacting and helping people. And I work in a very different setting. I do acute care and home health, but I do a lot of like end of life care and a lot of geriatric, which is very different. But it gives me that chance to kind of sit with people in those harder moments of life and be a support system for them there. Um, but do I feel like my job is my calling? Not necessarily. Am I okay with that? Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, th- I think like we had talked about earlier, you don't have to have this huge calling at every stage of your life. Like right now, this is the right thing for you. And yeah. I think it's huge that you've been open and brave and you've listened. Like you knew <laughs> it was time to leave Africa because it was time for someone else to step up. Like that's beautiful. You're giving someone else an opportunity to live out perhaps their calling, perhaps not, but you know, to help them grow regardless. Yeah, well, and for the people I was there, I don't want to say to serve, to work with, serving just sounds really like, um, it, it, they needed more than I could give in the role that I was providing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was gone for, you know, what was a short amount of time to most of the people here, but, you know, I saw so much and did so many things that were so far in my comfort zone that I came back, I think very different person than I left. And part of that was probably the challenges of leaving, but all of those years of preparation thing. And so <laughs> I'm like people from 10, 20 years ago who knew me, heard me today, they would be like, who are you? <laughs> and it's just the part of living life, right? Like, like <laughs> and following that path. Well, I hope people say the same for me too. I think that's Mm -hmm. a good thing that you've grown and changed. You know, I hope I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. (laughs) Well, you kept the good parts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't think I was a bad person, but I think that's, it's important to stretch yourself to have, I mean, we're all going to have new experiences over time anyway, but to learn from those and, you know, to grow and to help others in a different way, in a different stage. Yeah. Okay. So let's All just right. <laughs> wrap it up here. I think there were so many good things, but what do you want to leave everybody with as far as following your calling or if you don't know your calling or anything, just 
according to anything we talked about. Yeah, I think following your calling is more about you. And that it sounds really selfish, but it's about what you know to be right for you and not living someone else's life or expectation for you. And then if you don't know your calling, and I'm going to talk about this from a faith perspective, but you can translate it into career, secular, however you want to. If you don't know your calling, A, give it time and expose yourself to different things so that if you do find a passion, it can spark something. Like if you don't ever stretch yourself and try those new experiences like you're talking about, you're not going to find something that might be a calling because you lived your life in this bubble. But also, your calling doesn't have to be this big, gigantic, you know, New York Times bestseller life. It can just be the next right thing. Yes, I love that. The next right thing. I think following and that. I, somebody says that, but I don't know who it is. You know, I'm like, it's Glennon Doyle. Like, I feel like I've heard that recently. But. Yeah, it, it's, it's going around. It's like the new pop culture thing. So please don't. <laughs> you know, troll me for stealing that. I know that somebody else said it. <laughs> but yeah, like I think and I'm new to this homeschooling thing. And one of the things I've been learning about is following rabbit holes. So if your children <laughs> show an interest in something, then go down that rabbit hole. And I think it's the same for us. If you don't know your calling, but something sparks something in you, chase that little trail for a minute, see where it goes. It may hit a dead end, but you may learn something along the way, or it may lead to something fantastic. Yeah. And it's okay if it's just a distraction for a moment. <laughs> yeah. If you enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julie. I really appreciate you and appreciate your time and all of your wisdom in this. Um, you are someone who has truly followed your path and not let people distract you from what was on your heart. And I think that's just so incredibly brave and strong. And uh, I love seeing um, anybody do that, but especially women do that and just living their truth. Um, so that's awesome. But um, I hope everybody has a wonderful week. Um, keep the suggestions coming and recommendations for guests. I have appreciated hearing all of those. And I've got other people lined up to come. It's um, just a timing thing. So um, if you haven't had the person that you recommended come on yet, usually it's just we're trying to schedule it. So anyway, hope everybody is doing okay. Hope all the moms and kids and teachers and school board members are hanging in there. I know this time has been incredibly stressful for everyone and nobody has an easy decision right now. I'm thinking of each and every one of you. We made our decision, like I said, to homeschool. It was not easy to make that decision, but we stuck to it and here we go. So um, just thinking about all of y'all in the trenches right now with these decisions and just trying to figure out the best path for our children going forward and our educators too. But have a great week, and I appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thank you.